out of breath in the race of life And I won't look you in the eyes So I seem dandy, I seem fine Suffocating here inside Breathe in, breathe out For God, that sound I breathe in, breathe out I give oxygen a try Breathe the air where God resides And I don't trust you like I'd like at these rocky mountain heights Breathe in, breathe out For God, that sound Breathe in, breathe out Breathe in, breathe out Yeah, that'd be bad. That'd be bad. So we are now live. Yes. On this. Well, we're recording now on a wonderfully dreary Sunday morning. Can't hear the rain outside, but I imagine it's raining. Raining, my dog is snoring. Isn't that how that song goes? Um, it's pouring, the old man is snoring. Well, Wood is an old man, basically, I guess. Raining, it's pouring, old boy is snoring. Yeah, perfect. There we go. We reinvented it for the modern age. Woo! <laughs> yep. Hear the little thunderclaps a little bit. Are we taking calling him Philosophloid around Why? the house? I don't remember, but it's funny, so that's just what his name is now. Okay, alright. Alright. Kara started it. Of course she did. I think he was deep in thought, staring out the window. Oh, my first thought was like, the Velociraptors. I was like, what's he stalking? Not Philosophloid, Philosophloid. It's probably because he stares at the window all day. He also stares at the wall and the floor and the ceiling. And right, he's just staring off into space, pondering life's mysteries. Exactly. Why do I arf? I, just, I don't remember what, like, an exact moment that brought it up, but it's just what she called him, so it's funny. Okay, well, that's cool. What's his full name now? Philosophoid. Something, something. She. Yeah, I we'll make it. We'll make up the middle names later. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, well, <clears throat> I guess we'll get started. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, hi, everyone. I'm Jeff. And I'm Rachel. And this is Grandma Tell Me a Scary Story. Woohoo. Yep. Tell for, me a scary story. Uh, well, I don't know if it'll be scary. It'll be something that I think a lot of people will enjoy. This is the first episode in a I don't know how many part series we're gonna do. It depends on how much material I feel like looking at and doing it. Yeah, yeah so um, we're doing things a little differently this week. Yes. Next week, at and, least. And the next couple of weeks will be different. Yeah. Like three episodes I know planned. Yeah, we have three episodes planned for this. This is our first series. Yes, it is, and it's I think one that everybody has heard about and it's an oft talked about thing so we thought we'd I'd give our spin on it. Oh, yeah. So what and are we talking about? We are talking about vampires. Hey, vampires. Indeed. So we will um this first episode's gonna I guess be kind of I don't think it's gonna be boring. I enjoyed researching and I'm gonna be looking at <laughs> I would be looking at the historical for- folklore around vampires and like okay. How they now that originated and then kind of bring it up into modern day, you know, interpretation and then end it with possible causes for how this folklore really originated. Okay, cool. I guess so. I'll provide commentary. 
Yes. Yes. So, all right. So, vampires. They are a creature in folklore who feed on the vital essence, which is generally in the form of blood of the living. Nice. Yes. So our modern day interpretation of the vampire is largely based on the um, 19th century European model, which was, you know, the very tall, gaunt, suave creature. Um, but prior to that, they were um, shrouded figures that were bloated and had a dark complexion. Oh. Um, so they were not the prototypical you know, suave-looking man. They were, in fact, kind of ugly creatures. That sounds lovely. Yeah. So, obviously, as it, it, it changed. So, um... <laughs> what, they didn't start out as, uh, what's-his-face? Edward, right? Uh, the glittery one? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> I hate Twilight so much. <laughs> oh, Edward, he's glittery. That's all I know. Yeah. I don't know the other ones. Their names. You don't need to. Just we can stop there. Or um, no, what's the other one? Uh, Vampire Diaries. Stefan and Damien. I, maybe. I don't. I don't. You know, as somebody who loves vampires, I've steered away from like. The Twilight, the Vampire Diaries. I think it's a good-looking one. <laughs> um, Kate Beckinsale from Underworld. Okay, whatever. <laughs> lost me. Okay, that's fine, I guess. It's not right. Jason Momoa, I don't really care. He could be a good vampire. Oh, he would make a great vampire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, um... A lot of cultures have some sort of vampiric entity, and I'm going to go through a couple of them, and then we'll progress further. So the first one is, and I apologize for all these names I'm going to butcher, but I went, I'm went. i going with it anyway, is a Shrigga, which is a vampiric witch in Albanian culture, who feeds on the blood of infants while they sleep. Ew. And she would turn into an insect, fly into the ch and fly into the child's room and drink their blood. And through this process, the child would actually become like sickly and eventually die. And the only way that you could heal the child if it had been inflicted by that would be for the Shrika to do it. You'd have to convince her to do it. Which good luck. How do you find her if it's a if she turns into a bug? Well, we're gonna. We're gonna get there. No. Um, so typically, she's pictured as this like ugly middle-aged woman with pale eyes and a stare that could kill. Oh. Um, and as stated, her victims became ill um, and would die from her draining their blood. Mm -hmm. And the only way that you could get them to be cured is she'd have to spit into their mouths. Ew. Very sanitary. No, thank you. Very sanitary. I think I'll just take the sickness. <laughs> He'll just take death. Well, yeah, I don't spit on me. <laughs> Nasty. No, it's not on you. It's into your That's mouth. That's even worse. <laughs> no. No, thank you. So, the <laughs> so these creatures were said to be made um, through their extreme jealousy of women with children. So I guess they were just old maids that just became so angry they just turned into these monsters okay so that's like a very common thing i've noticed in a lot of folklore yeah you know, not necessarily vampires but like apparently women want children so badly that if they don't have them they become some kind of monster yeah i've learned that too as we delve into more of this stuff but mm -hmm. hey it was it was a man's world back then <laughs> yeah yeah just back then just back then Keep going with the vampires. Okay. Alright, so to ward her off, people would um, take some salt and they'd, you know, make the sign of the cross over their body and then they'd throw it behind their back. Okay. Um, which I guess would stop the creature from stalking behind you. That's or also... In some... Oh, yeah, go ahead. 
No, also, I think it's like if you spill the salt, you know, on the like if you knock the salt shaker over or something, you just take some of the salt and throw it over your what, your left shoulder, your right shoulder, something to prevent bad luck. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. I bet that's probably. That's probably part of why that is a connected. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, or in some regions, they used garlic. Ah. Yeah. So we've kind of got our first folklore thing that's tied into the modern day vampire. What? I love garlic. I do too. I do too. Oh, garlic cheese fries. Oh. <sighs> it's only like 11 o'clock and I really want some fries now. Mm, I'll take it. It's lunchtime. <laughs> um, so as her victims include children, young maidens, and newborns. And there are several ways to kill a Shrika. One of this is to trap it in a church by placing a cross made out of pig bones at the entrance during the Easter Mass. Okay. Um, and that, this isn't a way to kill it, but you could also, um, to create a ward for it, or you know, a way to ward it off, you would take a silver coin and you would soak it in the blood of this creature. This the blood this creature threw up. So apparently didn't always just keep its food down. It would, you know, kind of sleek Ew. back to its ho- it would sleek back to its hovel in the woods and throw up some of the blood. Okay, this is gross. I don't want this thing around. <laughs> it's like spewing blood and it's spitting off people and it's nasty. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you'd soak the silver coin, and that would create an amulet to, that would ward the creature off from getting you in the future. Um, right. Catholic legends also state that holy water could kill it. Right. As could, um, and there's also Islamic legend that states if you read a certain set of verses from the Quran, while, I don't know what the deal is with spitting, but while spitting water onto the creature it dies as well what is with all the spitting i don't understand i don't know i don't know what with all the spitting with is with this particular what creature i do not stop. get it either stop spitting on people at things like just stop it it's unsanitary <laughs> it is Gross. is that a new rule <laughs> stop spitting yes yeah, yeah. Spit on me i don't know okay all right this stop is one spitting. of our new rules i think they went out to five i don't know I don't either. You're supposed to keep track of these things. I'm supposed to? This is yeah. news to me. Okay. I decided you're supposed to keep track of them. When did you decide this? Just now. Right. Fair. Okay. Yeah. So, keep up. Okay. Alright. Retroactively do your duties. Okay. Alright. So, that is the Stritka in, or Stritka in a nutshell. And then the next one I'm going to talk about is... The Free Kolakos, which is an ancient undead creature from Greece. Ooh, fun. Yeah. So this monster, rather than drinking blood, um, eats flesh, particularly people's livers. Oh. So it's more like the modern concept of a zombie, but the neighboring Slavic nations at the time equated it to their vampire folklore. So... So, it's, it's a vampire, even though it's more like a zombie. Well, that also, if you go back far enough, are they're very closely so tied far. together. So. Yeah. yeah. So, the way you became one of these creatures was you had to live life in an evil way. Oh. Be excommunicated from whatever religion you were practicing. And then buried in unconsecrated ground. So it wasn't just like a specific religion, it was just whatever you are? Yeah, so I mean, if you were... Yeah, I mean, so if I guess if you... Like, so in ancient Greece, if you denounced the gods before it became more monotheistic, you would be excommunicated in that way. That's interesting. Um, you could also eat the meat of a sheep that was wounded by a wolf or a werewolf. Oh, Okay. Yes. So not just a regular wolf, but like a werewolf. Well, a wolf too. Regular wolf or a werewolf. Right. One right. or the other. Okay. One or the other. Um, and some believed that a werewolf could become 
this creature after it died. Okay. So. Fair enough, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, they'd they'd like keep their wolf like they'd keep it be like a semi-human wolf form that you'd have. That you just want to eat people's flesh, I guess. So. Basically, a werewolf, but. Yeah, but. But I don't. Yeah. But a so vampire. This, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah. So. If you didn't, if you weren't a werewolf before, and you just became this creature, uh, they were described as like a reddish, swollen figure. Ew. Um, and at this point in the history, people with red hair and gray eyes were accused of being these creatures. Nice. So if you were a ginger back then, you were in trouble. Uh huh. <laughs> um. So. This creature would leave their grave, and it would just kind of like terrorize the religion—or not the religion, the region. Kind of like, a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, kind of like a poltergeist. Nice. Um, and the way it got its victims is it would knock on your door and say the name of the inhabitant of that of that house. Oh. And if okay. and if you answered the door, you would die in a couple days and become one of these creatures as well. My guess is because what it would do is it would feast on you and hmm. and you would then die probably from your wounds because I mean this thing's eating and this thing's trying to rip you open to get to your liver. Right. So don't answer the door. Ever. Well, so for this reason most people wouldn't answer their door until a second knock occurred. Because this creature would only knock once so it would knock say your name, and if you didn't come to the door after, like, five minutes, it would just go away. Huh. So if... So if you knocked, said the person's name, then knocked again, they would open the door. Or I'm just not gonna open the door. Ever. Or just won't open the door, period. I mean, I, I did I tell you I locked myself inside the house yesterday? Um, I don't think you did. I think I saw it maybe on Facebook? Yeah, I might have posted about that. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if you told me. Now I'm scrolling through my my. No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, so. But they killed their victims by crushing them or suffocating them. Oh, and not they, by. They... Eating them no. or drinking their blood. No, they would kill them first, and they'd eat their flesh. Oh, okay, that's a little bit Yeah, yeah. Um. And the only way to really stop these monsters from growing in power, because I guess the longer they were around, the more powerful they became, which right. I guess makes sense, mm -hmm. would be to destroy the body, which was done on a Saturday, because that is when those creatures stayed in their coffin all day to catch up on all that sleep they were missing out on. Oh. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. And so some of the methods employed to do that were to perform an exorcism, uh, impale the creature, behead the creature, cut it into pieces, and then separate them, and to cremate them. Okay. So a couple of those kind of still go with modern day. Yeah. Beliefs. Then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the modern day vampire is definitely an amalgamation of all of this folklore, which makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. I'm just trying to piece together yeah. what what goes where yeah um so during world war ii actually interestingly enough more rural regions of greece were terrified that all of the dead that they buried would come back as these monsters since they were buried on unconsecrated ground oh. because during world war ii you know they had all that fighting plus there was a famine in greece mm -hmm. so a lot of people just died like more than they could ostensibly bury so they just have like large right. pits where they throw the bodies in right you have a lot of mass graves yeah Ooh. and some people even went so far as to behead their loved ones to prevent this from happening nice yeah so that, that just sounds terrible all around don't think I'll be beheading anyone before I bury them but maybe yeah I hope not I hope okay. not. Yeah. We'll see. 
Fair enough, fair enough. No promises as of yet. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So, the next one is a Stratogi, which I'm probably butchering that name as well, and I apologize to the Romanian people for doing that. I think you are, but I can't think of how to say it, but I know I've heard of this one before. Yeah. Um, so, this was a ro- this was a troubled spirit in Romanian folklore that rose from their graves and could transform into animals, become invisible, and they grew stronger through drinking the blood of their victims. And to me, so far, this creature uh, is this creature is most like Bram Stoker's Count Dracula. Yeah. Um, because before, none of the other creatures really had the ability to shapeshift, except for that one that turned into an insect, but it's not the same thing. Um, da, 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 da. So the first historical account of one of these creatures was a man by the name of, and I'm going to totally butch this name and I don't really care because I'm a jerk, is Jure Grando Alovic. Um, apparently, 16 years after his death, records claim that he came out of his grave and would terrorize the village. Um, you know, drinking blood. He'd also be harassing his wife, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time frame. And he only stopped when the local priest decapitated him. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I just figured out why um, that term is so familiar as well. Okay, why is that? The sh- or at least Strigoi, which is like a version of whatever. Yeah. Um, in the book series, The Vampire Academy, they talk about them. Okay. Not quite in the same sense, I don't think, but it's definitely the same term. Okay. Or some version of that term. Okay. So I just looked it up, because I knew it sounded familiar. Familiar, yeah. Yeah, cause I'm like, Well, I, I had trouble with that because I kept wanting to type str- or I'm going to butcher that, Sertogi, right. which is um, an ancient Grecian rank in the military. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's probably pronounced like Stratogai, but... Right. Whatever. Nope, but Words yeah, are hard. so... Words are hard. Anybody listen to Vamp- or read Vampire Academy? Rachel's got you. Yeah, I, I recognize the, the word. Just saying. And at so, least one uh, person listened to that somewhere in the world. Read it, not listened <laughs> to it. Oh my goodness. I mean, I'm sure they did. I'm sure more than just one person. But I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a movie like about one of the books. Maybe. I don't know. I like it better than... I didn't actually watch Vampire Diaries. I think that's, that's a TV show, but... Yeah. Or Twilight, but... <sighs> Twilight. Either here nor there. Yeah. Um... So over time, their legend evolved into just them targeting infants. Like, it used to just be they don't have a specific target. It's just whoever's available. And then we're back to infants. I guess What is it with to, the infants? I think it's just more of a terror thing, because it's like... Okay, well, we gotta... You know, I think it's more terrifying to say, Oh, this thing attacks babies. Right. Versus, you know, this thing but attacks... I, I wonder if that's also... I mean, because you gotta think at this time. I mean, babies, unfortunately, die um, from oh, yeah, lots of things high. that aren't... Yeah, so maybe it was just like a way to kind of explain mm-hmm. why there's such an like, infant. Yeah, because I mean, it was higher then, but I mean, there's still like, infant mortality is a thing. Yeah. For whatever reasons, I mean... Now we have an idea, like, we have a better way of like figuring out what caused it, but at that time, probably not, and so... Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's possible. I don't know. I don't either. So, in order to become one of these creatures, this is a very long list. You had to be the seventh child of the same sex in a family. Oh, okay. You had to lead a, you had to lead a sinful life. And you had to die without being married. Or you had to die through either execution or for perjury or suicide. Or you had to die from a witch's curse. So, like, did you have to do a combination of those things, or just, like, one of those things? It 
to me, it seems like you had to be, it had to be a combination. So you had to be the seventh child of the same sex in a family. You had to lead a sinful life, die without then, being married, and your death had to result through either execution for perjury, suicide, or a witch's curse. Gotcha. Okay, so I'm not the seventh child, so I'm already safe. Which is a very specific, very specific setup. Yes, it is. Um, so I'm trying to think. Uh, like, both my parents are one of eight, but, you know. <laughs> neither of them are the seventh, and I think they're lucky there. Let's see how I stack up. Hold on. Well, then you got to think about when did the well, when did that start? Yeah, you know what I mean. Also, you got to think about that because I mean, if it's like at the start of your family clan, then is it so every seventh kid of that same sex? It's like is that going all the way back to like when your family started? It's like every seventh every seventh son, boom. Every seventh I'm daughter, boom. You're not. I would assume so too. I think it would have to be in the household at a time. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. I mean, so. I, I don't know. I don't know. I know back then they had big families, partially because of such a high mortality rate. Yep. Well. So, Romani legend states that to kind of to stop this creature, you had to nail the coffin heavily. So, like, they can't get out? Yeah. Um, drive a stake through the heart. Oh, yeah. Um, unearth and behead the suspected Shotoji or Shotogai and rebury it with both the corpse and the head face down. Okay. Um, or you could um, you could ward them off by eating pig meat that was killed on October 17th which in that region is the feast day of St. Ignatius. I'm not really sure what St. Ignatius did to get that ability. I, um, I did... I did... Well, I researched him a little bit to kind of figure it out, and I didn't see, like, anything else. He was just very... He seemed more like he was a theo, theogen than a, like, doer of things. Mm. So I know the name, so, I'm just not sure. Yeah. Yeah, because he's a very... Very popular... Saint, like he's a very well-known saint. I'm just not yeah. sure what he did exactly. Yeah, he's a saint. He doesn't have to tell you what he did. No. Um, another method apparently was to. Ex so if if you didn't do all these precautionary measures, mm -hmm. and you had one, and you had a you had one of these creatures, you could exhume that creature, remove its heart, cut it in two, like the heart in two. Oh, okay. Drive a nail through its forehead. Place garlic under its tongue, which is similar to Bram Stoker's Dracula because they had to ram a clove mm -hmm. of garlic into its mouth. Yep. Um, and then you would smear its body with pig fat from the, a pig that was killed from a pig that was killed on ten seventeen. Right. And then you would turn the the body face down so that. If it woke up, it would be headed towards the afterlife. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I... I'm really kicking myself now, because this next creature, I didn't write down where it's from. But I think it's... Like either Russian or kind of up towards that area, but it's called. I think the pronunciation is a is a cactus. No idea. I yeah, but that it's literally translated as blood drinker. Nice. And it was a demon that could be called upon to destroy the enemies of pagans. Okay. I'm actually going to look that up real quick because it's bothering me that I didn't do that. Because I've done it for every other thing, and I do it for the other couple that I have. So it's... Okay. So you're saying yeah. you could, like, call upon it to go take out your enemies if you were a pagan? Yeah, apparently. Oh. Huh. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. 
It's like an attack dog. Yeah, basically. I like it. I need one of those things. I don't know how to say it. I'm not a pagan, but it sounds like fun. Either way. Oh, must have been powerful. Here we go. Yeah. Super! There's Sorry, a lot. That's fine. There's a lot that I did not. Which is fine. Yeah, I want to say it's like a Russian or Switzerland, because I know I tried to get a pretty wide variety of regions here. My assumption would be Russian, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm not 100%. But anyway, we'll go on to the, the next one, which is a Scottish vampire. Dude. And that is, and I apologize to all our Scottish listeners or people who can speak Scottish, and please send me the correct pronunciation of this, because I'm going to butcher the crap out of it. It's a Balban Sith, and it's a female vampire creature who seduces men in the Scottish Highlands and then drains their blood. Okay. And one of the tales um, that I read while doing this research was of four hunters in the highlands they were out hunting obviously and they started um at a, they got into like a little hut or cave or whatever and they started singing and dancing for the night you know just kind of enjoying each other's company and one of them commented man i really wish we could i really wish we had some women to sing and dance with and suddenly in comes four women and they're singing and dancing, and one of the guys notices bloods like starting to drip down beneath his friends, and he sees that they're um, being assaulted by these women. So he runs out of the cave. Um, his his partner tries to get to him to drink his blood, and he somehow is able to escape until the daylight when they disappear. Okay. Like he's somehow just able to keep away from her till then. And then he goes back to the cave and he finds his three friends dead because they had all their blood drained out of them. Nice. That sounds so that like is... a fun way to go. <laughs> I guess. Um, I guess. So, the last one that I'm going to talk about is a Asan Bosam or Bosam which is a creature from Ghana. Okay. With iron teeth, pink skin, long red hair, and iron hooks for feet. And it is said to live in trees and attack from above. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So... Obviously, there are way more um, folklore examples of a vampire and a vampire-like creature. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in looking at any more of them, I would suggest doing that on your own time. I'm not going to go through them all because if I did, that would be probably two episodes in and of itself. Um, and I'm sure most of them are probably very similar to the ones I've done because I tried to, like I said, I tried to get a good mm -hmm. broad... Swap that sounds like a pretty good. You got a pretty good range there, I think. I, I would think so. Yeah, I think I'm pretty good about that. Um, so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break, get some water for me, and we'll get a word from our sponsor. As we delve into when we come back, we'll kind of talk about the modern day interpretation of a vampire. And then we'll um, look at possible explanations as to why this folklore was created and just other other things about the history of a vampire. And then once we're done with that, we'll be done with this episode. So here's a quick word from our sponsor.
are back now from break. Yay. Freshly hydrated. That's My water's good. too far away. I'm not used to talking for 30 minutes straight, so this has been fun. Yes, it's hilarious. <laughs> Keep doing it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, as we all know, I'm not I'm not really going to delve a lot into this because I think you know most of us have our, our modern day interpretation of a vampire pretty well. Yeah, I think so. In hand of a suave, smooth talking monster that is good looking and can generally is able to seduce whoever um, through that ability, through that just that unnatural charisma. So this really didn't come about until the 19th century. Okay. Um, and the first work of fiction that had this, you know, that kind of threw aside all these folklore um, interpretations of the vampire was a story by um, John Polidori in 1819 entitled aptly The Vampire. And it is considered to be the most influential vampire work in the early 19th century. So, um, the reason I put that classification is because Bram Stoker's novel is the pro is you know the example of the prototypical vampire, mm -hmm. though it was published in 1897. Ah, and there was actually a book before it that was published a couple years earlier by a Scottish author. Um, that's largely ignored because it was um, he based it on the Scottish folklore vampire, you know, the female creature. Right. Um, but I don't think people liked it because she targeted in that book she targeted a she targeted a female. Okay. And back in Victorian back in Victorian era, you know, female targeting another female was I guess not okay. Okay. Or I guess the I think with the monster being female was more of the issue because you know back then women were considered to be like the height of purity and everything like that right so it's fine i'm not to kill sure why them. we just can't have them killing other people well, it's, it's fine to kill them it's fine to scare them it's fine for them to be you know the maiden in distress but the monster itself has to be a man it can't be right a woman necessarily um because, you know, I mean, back even back then, you know, women weren't ever really... Like, it was hard to find a woman who was capable... Who people thought were capable of murder. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm sure there were. Actually, um, I know there yeah. were. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know there were, but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. How to get away with murder. So, Be a woman. <laughs> basically. Um, so, as stated earlier... Um, while all readings of folklore have a vampire, uh, with the most common description of it until the 19th century being that of a swollen reddish creature, um, which they attributed most likely to its having recently consumed blood. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, blood was typically seen seeping from the mouth and nose, and when its coffin was left... And when it was in its coffin, its left eye would be open. Okay. Um, and uh, its teeth, hair, and nails would grow to an extent, but fangs weren't a common thing back before the 19th century vampire. Hmm. It's like they just had normal teeth. Uh, so that's just one way, one of the ways in which it was different. And also, and before this modern vampire. Um, a difference there was that sometimes the vampire creature was still a living human being they were still a living person but oh. kind of after that we kind of after that the modern interpretation is that a vampire isn't alive it's always undead right because so, they're undead Duh. right yeah yeah so that's pretty much about all I'm going to cover for the modern day interpretation um, so now I'm going to kind of get into the creation of a vampire Okay. So, as stated uh, up above, for some of the ones that I outlined, um, you know, the the Stricka was a woman who became so jealous that she turned into a monster. Right. The Vri Kolaka, um, which was the Grecian one, either had to be 
a heretic who was buried in an unconsecrated ground or eat the meat of a sheep that was wounded by a wolf. Nice. Um, the Romani creature had that long list of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, as, as evidence there, there isn't a one-size-fits-all to making a vampire. The creation of it varied from region to region. Um, some Slavic and Chinese cultures believe that if an animal, particularly a cat or a dog, jumped over a corpse, then it would turn undead. Or if the body had a wound that was untreated, it would become undead. Okay. Um, Russian cultures believed that vampires were witches who had rebelled against the Russian Orthodox Church when they were alive. Right. And some believe vampires just came about because a demon would possess the body. Hmm. So they employed some countermeasures, such as they would place like... So for some reason, they placed like a sickle or a sigh near the body, which would occupy the demon. The demon would be like, oh, I have this cool thing. I'm not going to mess with this body. That's boring. Okay. <laughs> um, I like it. Here's a new toy. <laughs> don't, don't inhabit this body. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some people would cut the tendons of the recently deceased so that if it were to be reanimated, it couldn't move. Um, another thing that they would do is they would place a uh, considerable amount of grain, sand, or seed. So if the vampire woke up, it would spend the night counting the seed. Oh. Like, ooh, there's a bud. There's two. There's three. That's a lot of, um, in a lot of folklore, I know, like, in like, European folklore, not with vampires, but, like, um, like, more of like the fey type yeah. of it. it it's like grains of um, rice or whatever yeah throw it down and like they have to stop and count it and so then by the time that yeah. they're done like they've run out of time kind of thing so that's yeah i think yeah that's one of the, i think that's why they did it is because they're like well it works on other creatures maybe it'll work right. on this thing yeah that's funny um so that's just some of the examples of how to create it, other than the whole you know you get one vampire that became that way through maybe one of these means and then turns everybody else into vampires. That's how more are made. Um, right. So, on, on to identification. Uh, there are many rituals involved that could be involved in doing that, but a popular one was you let a virgin boy through a graveyard on a virgin stallion, and that horse would um, stall out. Like, it wouldn't like it wouldn't either go forward or it wouldn't... Like, it would... It would just stop doing whatever, like walking through the graveyard when it came upon a vampire's grave. Okay. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, also, if a corpse appeared to be looking better than expected, um, so less decomposed than anticipated, it was assumed that they were vampires. Okay. Fair enough, I and, guess. And it was also assumed that if a large number of deaths occurred in an area, whether that was livestock deaths or people deaths or whatever, um, it was presumed that a vampire was active in that region. Oh. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, not, not, not sure what was going on with that, but, you know, always fun. Always fun. Yeah. So, now we will go into some folklore about how to protect yourself and destroy them, more so than what outlined earlier in the other things so some of the ways that they said to protect themselves uh, included but were not limited to garlic wild roses or hawthorns so like, if you carry those around it was said to ward off a vampire okay um, you could sprinkle mustard seeds onto the roof of your house oh, which, would, one. <laughs> which would prevent the vampire from landing on your roof I like it um Crosses, holy water, and another way was to place a mirror at the entrance of your home, because as a vampire doesn't have a reflection, it wouldn't be able to, like, I guess, cross the threshold. Although, most lore now says that a vampire first has to be invited into your home before it can do that, go into it anyway. Nice. Um, and Slavic culture recommended to stake anybody that you presumed was going to become a vampire 
or was a vampire. Um, Russian culture preferred ash wood. They thought that was the best kind of wood. Um, oak wood was used in Silesia, which is modern-day Poland and the Czech Republic. Okay. And they also... Aspen was also a very popular type of wood because this was the wood that was supposedly used to make uh, the cross that Christ was crucified on. Oh, okay. No, no, no clue why Aspen wood was decided on as that was the one, but... I, I don't know, but I guess the reasoning makes sense if that's what... Yeah, yeah. Um, and Germany and Western Slavic areas, just as good old-fashioned decapitation would work. Sounds good to me. All this fancy stuff. Um, Romani people drove steel and iron needles into the heart of a suspected vampire. Nice. Um, and some areas you could just sprinkle some holy water on the body. Which makes sense. They're supposed to be kind of like demon spawn. Right, right. Perfect, perfect. Um, and so, during the 18th century and kind of into the 19th century, a lot of this folklore was disproven because of it was the Age of Enlightenment. People kind of began to realize that these creatures weren't real. But what's ironic, though, is that even though this was happening and a lot of the folklore is proven not accurate and science was catching up, uh, hysteria gripped the land causing a sharp rise in vampires to be, be to be seen during this time hmm. yeah and um vampires are still one of the most well-known figures of imagination today so the question really to be asked is why was uh, this monster created like what was its purpose back then so that is the next part of this thing, and it's also kind of my last part, so for everybody who's sick and tired of hearing my voice, we're almost done. <laughs> you don't think people want a Jeff-centric episode? I do not. Well, I don't know why you volunteered to do a series, then. Um, Because that was the deal, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we're all going to have some Rachel-centric episodes, too, eventually. Yeah, yeah. You know, we will, but... Yeah. So, there are several theories um, why vampire folklore was created. Um, and some of those include just a lack of understanding of the process of decomposition, premature burials, and unknown diseases of the age. Woo! So, uh, lack of decompos the process of decomposition, uh, simply put, people in old times didn't understand that where and how someone was buried could impact the rate of decomposition. So if you buried a body with a little bit more care and maybe in different soil, it would decompose more so slowly than somebody who was just, you know, thrown in a ditch. You know, left out to the open air and all that good stuff. Right. So obviously the one that's had a little more care to it would be a little better preserved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Egyptians didn't seem to think there were there was anything weird about vampires or anything like that that I could find. That's interesting. You know, they understood, hey, this guy's decomping slower because we've taken a lot of time and preparation to right. prep the body. So, yeah, they did a lot of work to, like... <laughs> Preserve. Yeah, so... I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, so, another thing premature burial slash grave robbing so a lot of people would say you know you'd find like if, if you suspect someone was a vampire and you go to exhume them you'd see like scratch marks on their coffin indicating that oh yeah this person is still alive or was still alive they became a, so they became a vampire um, but um, obviously if you buried somebody that was still alive and they were just you know sleeping very heavily for some reason you bury them alive they, they would wake up and try to get out get out which is why you'd hear you know screams coming from their grave site you hear clawing and scratching mm -hmm. um, and grave robbing you know pretty self-explanatory they dig them up and they wouldn't do a good job of covering their tracks back then so you'd just see 
a grave that was completely covered two days ago now is disturbed and the coffin lids open and well, that, that the, most, the only logical explanation is it's a vampire well, I mean obviously yeah yeah there's no there's no thievery here we're all good upstanding folk of course yeah we don't steal ever um, so the other another one uh, at least this would explain for areas where a large portion of the population died was contagion so if you had an illness that was very contagious and very deadly back then because you didn't have any kind of modern day medicines um, people just assumed that that whole region was wiped out because of a supernatural force not an illness because they didn't understand contagious diseases back then right um, another one is the disease known as porphyria uh, back in those which is it's a blood disorder that I guess it makes it so your your blood produces too much of a certain chemical that if you don't have treated could become can become fatal I mean anything can become fatal if you don't treat it um, so during this time it was suggested that this condition be treated by consuming large quantities of human blood and they also avoided the sunlight wow so yeah I also well, avoid sunlight doing... but <laughs> right but Right, but people, people don't understand blood diseases. They're like, well, this guy's clearly got... This guy's clearly a vampire. It's not that he's right. got a blood disorder. Of course. Um, and then there is also rabies. Oh, yeah, rabies. <laughs> uh, back then, people with rabies... Well, not back then, even. Nowadays, people with rabies have a, can't have a hypersensitive delight in strong smells, such as garlic garlic or mustard seed uh, it also impacts the brain function causing some people to have a reversal of their sleep schedules which is why they're active at night versus the day nice and it also makes somebody more apt to bite people and it causes them to froth at the mouth so <laughs> i was about to say something about dj having rabies but he doesn't froth at the mouth or bite people <laughs> that i know of that you know of. <laughs> he just stays up till 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, maybe he's got rabies and doesn't know it, but never mind. <laughs> as far as I know, he doesn't froth at the mouth. <laughs> so, so, there are... <laughs> there are also several... Um, psychological reasons why people could make up a vampire story or folklore um, one of one of which is just the refusal to acknowledge that a loved one is dead so you may still see them you know you may still wish to or think that you're seeing them because you're not you're refusing to believe that they're dead so you're saying no I saw this person I'm like oh well I guess he's a vampire careful now mm -hmm. um, the other one is to uh, potentially escape the fear of death for a little while. Okay. And then, and then the third one is just to explore some kind of dark fantasy through a vampire. Um, and then the last little thing is I found that there was also potential for some political interpretations. You know, just as a vampire drains the life force of its victims... Uh, so too could a king drain the life force of a region by overtaxing or overwarring. Yeah. So it was kind of a way to um, tell the story of their unjust king through a monster that's draining the land of all of its resources and all that good stuff. So that is. Um, kind of the history of history and folklore of vampires in a nutshell that's everything I had for today um, next time I'll, I'm going to be doing some famous historical suspected vampires which would include somebody you mentioned earlier in this podcast or earlier in the podcast episodes of oh. Elizabeth Balthory oh yeah yeah total vampire just saying Yep, so we'll look at her and go into her in a little more depth. 
That sounds like fun. And that's about the only extra hint you're going to get for next time's episode. Because <laughs> I don't want to give it all away. I mean, why not? Because we got to have some intrigue. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, that is that. So nice. hopefully everybody enjoyed it. And hopefully you guys will stick around for the rest of the series. Do we have any um, back-end stuff that we need to talk about? Not this week. Working on some stuff, but... Like I said, uh, things are still on hold right now. With the pandemic stuff and work from home. Um, There's a lot of stuff we can't really get done right now because of that, so... Okay. Yeah. No, so yeah, just in the meantime, as we say every week, hit us up on our socials. Yes, uh, let's see Facebook, Grandma Tell Me a Scary Story. There's a page you can go like or you can join the group. The page is probably better, um, it's more active. Um, there's two options because I made both. Don't ask why, I just did. Hey, I'm not gonna ask why. <laughs> it's fine. Um, let's see, we also have Instagram, Grandma Tell Me a Scary. Which is Jeff's favorite. It is. Um, we have Twitter. Grandma Tell Me a Scary Story. That one's probably the most active. Just because it's... It's easiest. It's easiest. And Jeff doesn't know how to use it, so... I can talk about him without him knowing. Um, Jeff doesn't have it. Exactly, so I can talk about it without him knowing. He doesn't know. Uh, you can also email us at grandmothepodcast at gmail.com. Send us your stories. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Do you know a vampire? Maybe. I don't know. Do you suspect your Somebody neighbor? A vampire? Yeah. A vampire? Or, you know, what was your favorite vampire movie growing up as a kid? Yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. I can't think of mine. Um, so... Oh, what was that one? When the kid, they moved to, like, some somewhere, and, like, there's the vamp- he's a little boy, and, like, he was in Stuart Little. I think it's My Little Vampire. Is that what that is? Yeah, that sounds right. Hold on. Hold on. Because that's what I was thinking. I was like, I think that one probably. I enjoyed that I one a lot. I love that movie. Uh, it's the... Yeah. My, no, it's not My Little Vampire. It's The Little Vampire. My bad. Okay, okay. Close enough. The Little Vampire, yes. Yeah, I love that movie. Yes. <laughs> it was such a good movie. I think that was a Disney Channel original, so it was perfect. Was it? I thought it was like a... Maybe it was. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just know that I... I mean, it was probably a Disney movie, though. It was definitely Disney. That's always where I watched it. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, so those stories, or, you know, you could send us your, your creepy stories, your ghost stories, your whatever paranormal stories that no one's ever going to believe. But we will. Well, I will. Rachel will. I'll believe you. We'll read it on the podcast. You can tell us your true tri- true crime stories, too. We like those. Yes. Were you in a cult? Are you a cult leader? Do we need to know about this? Should we call the cops on you? Have you um, seen UFOs? Because apparently the Pentagon's released UFO UFOs are yes, a thing. Aliens are real. Yeah. According to the government. So, what are you really doing? I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> that's a different podcast. It's probably not this one. No, it's not this one. <laughs> it's definitely not this one. Um, anything else? Comments? Questions? Concerns? I don't know. Yeah. Are you selling a haunted doll? Jeff will buy it. Um, Jeff will not buy it. <laughs> you have a dog that needs a home since Jeff. Um, no, do not do that either. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's everything. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think I'm gone for the day. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, we will see everybody later. Yes. And have, have a good night. No. I've been Jeff. I've been Rachel. And this has been Grandma Tell Me a Scary Story. Yay. Alright, later guys. Bye. Bye. Breathe in, breathe out.